You're listening to the latest edition of ATR Radio. It's January 19th, 2016. I'm Nicole Bennett. Today's episode, an expert with the International Center for Sports Security tells Around the Rings the allure of the Olympic Games is fading in the public eye. Leah Claret, head of research policy and education at the ICSS, says, quote, people are starting to ask questions about sport. Claret tells ATR the bidding process for the 2022 Winter Olympics reflects a waning interest in hosting the Games. Boston dropping out of the bid race for the 2024 Olympics, Claret says, signals a change in the public's perspective on the Games that the IOC needs to address soon. Here's more from my interview with Leah Claret. And in discussing future Olympic Games, I know you mentioned earlier in our conversation the Beijing Olympics. What, what uh, of I guess what, what is this of interest to you in, in Beijing hosting the 2022 Winter Games? Well, what interests me is really the the fact that people are starting to ask questions about sport, and that's really quite new. Up until very recently, the Olympic Games and the Olympic um, Committee, the International Olympic Committee, was a sort of pure and perfect event and organization which was untouchable, even though there had already been scandals uh, with the IOC after Salt Lake City. But it was sort of unquestionable that it was a good thing to host the Olympics and people fought, you know, different, different cities fought to be able to host them. Now, what's interesting in the 2022 Winter Games is that they started off by having five cities, three European ones, and the three European ones pulled out. So it means that people are starting to ask questions. People are starting to say, you know, what's the benefit of us? You know, what what are we getting for the money we're investing in this event? And then you have very you know, sort of very cynical voice coming out at the moment saying basically we have an event organization because the detractors of the IOC see it as purely the largest sport entertainment organization in the world after FIFA. So now they're saying, well, you've got an event company hosting the largest sport event company who goes into a city, gets everything paid for, and then leaves with all the benefit. And what does the people actually get what does the country get in exchange and you know once you add up all the numbers what's the result and the fact that Norway pulled out does indicate that sport is losing a bit of its superb and you know the two countries who are left which is China and Kazakhstan um, are countries with a very different regime in place and a very different budget so to me that's interesting simply from a sociological point of view because it's countries with a lot of money who can host them and who probably aren't the best suited you know where are the mountains in Beijing we saw a similar situation in the US with Boston dropping out and we'd never seen at least from the perspective of my editor said I had never seen that kind of opposition rise so immediately that happens with bids but it no Boston Olympics was a group overnight you know I think what strikes me a lot is the fact that Boston would pull out because the US loves its Olympics the fact that a US uh, city would pull out to me tells me that something is happening and if the sports movement doesn't react to that message I'm not sure what future awaits 
I haven't got any numbers to back this up, so don't take this as scientific, but I do feel there must have been an impact of social media to help those who oppose these types of events. Um, and it comes, you know, after you know the the World Cup in Rio. The the media was quite fifty fifty about it. There was quite a lot about the the unfairness of having this massive event in a um, poverty and violence stricken country, uh, and that was very on this on social media. It was quite present. In 2014, Claire attended the Youth Olympic Games in Nanjing, China. She says connecting with young people could help the Olympic movement revamp its image. Claire adds that the IOC's Olympic Agenda 2020 is a step in the right direction. There's definitely something in there in the Agenda 2020, but to me, we're still not listening to what youth has to say. And even though they have created the Youth Olympic Games. To me, the message that the, the fact that the the I think the mean age of people who watch the Olympics last time I read a number about it was thirty five years and plus. So it means that the youth, you know, the young people, the ones who should be aspiring to become the Olympic athletes, don't watch the Olympics. So how do we capture that? How do we get young people to be interested in sport? I read a statistic yesterday that the mean age of people who watch athletics is 55 years old. You know, do we still have teenagers who find that doing track and field is cool? You know, what proportion of the population thinks that? And I think what the Agenda 2020 doesn't do is address that, and you know, address the needs and. The change of the generation Y. I I went to the Youth Olympic Games a couple of years ago in Nanjing, and what I found quite sad was that Youth Olympic Games are a great opportunity to bring young people together. But what I thought was that the pedagogical aspect of the YOG was actually quite counterproductive. You know, you had all these kids coming in. Being taught to be mini adults in the competing arena without taking a proper stance on what a competition for a fifteen-year-old should be. What do you want a fifteen-year-old to know when they're at that stage of their athletic development? Where what should the objectives be of these competitions? And to me, the fact that the IOC had the opportunity to use these games, who cost a huge amount of money, I think. I can't remember the budget, but it was a a huge, huge event, and it's not a surprise that China hosted it because it does have the budget for that.、Uh, but they lost an opportunity of really thinking what young people want in sport and what lessons they should be taught at that age of their development. That was Leah Claire, head of research policy and education at the ICSS, weighing in on the future of the Olympic movement. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.